Hey, welcome to the Default Alive podcast. I'm Corey. And I'm Chris. And this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're a regular, welcome back. All right. And we're live again. We're back. We are back. I've missed you, buddy. I know it's been a while. I was um I was actually so looking back at my my notes, and I saw that the last note was from May tenth, and I was like, "What? There's no way." I had not realized how long it's been. I know. I think this is our our longest break since we started. It's crazy. Well, partially my fault. Uh, though what? Oh, that's right. So it was you went out of town. You, you were on vacation, and then I missed a week. I don't know. I had some sort of excuse. <laughs> and now we're recording late because I completely forgot what time we were recording at. <laughs> and now it's finally happening. Yeah, it's happening. It's actually, it's, I can't remember why we missed last week, but uh, it ended up working out for me too because my son got sick. And then, and oh. yeah, that was the first time he's been sick. So that was a new experience. Uh, Mm-hmm. And then my wife and I got it, so <laughs> we we've been a bit of a mess. I don't I don't know. Hopefully, I don't sound too terrible on the mic, but um, we're doing no, we're doing better noticed. this week. Now I do though. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> well, it's good to hear you guys are uh, you're okay. Yeah. It's all it's all good. Yeah. Cool, man. Well, excited to catch up. It's June first, which I literally can't even believe. I know. A little bit depressing. A little bit exciting at the same time because uh, I think we're nearing the end of this whole lockdown thing here in the States. And I'm super stoked about that. But at the same time, I'm like, oh my gosh, we're halfway through the year. Like literally, where did that go? It's a recurring theme of the podcast, but uh, surreal. Yeah. And you also just had a birthday. So that always, uh, I'm sure, makes you reflect on things as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah. The uh, the theme of the birthday was I was officially entering my late 20s, which is definitely a depressing thought. And, um, you know, it's funny because, uh, people were really, really, uh, supportive and said a lot of kind words and a lot of people wished me happy birthday. And a lot of people were also surprised that I was 26, which, um, I don't normally like to talk about my age because I feel like it is one of those things where you kind of get discounted a little bit. And, um, uh, I don't know. It's just like not super like useful or it's like, I don't know. It's like, potentially only harmful for me. It doesn't really like help me in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people said like, Oh, I didn't know you're so young or whatever. <laughs> and, um, I get that. I understand it to a, to a degree, but still for me, it feels like, Oh man, 26 now. Like, and this is where I'm at. Like, ah, I need to be further ahead and further along and I want to be doing X, Y, and Z. And so it's, it's a bit of a mixed emotions. Yeah. No, it's re- it's really funny because I remember, you know, I'm, I'm mid thirties now and being in like around 26 and feeling that same way. And let me just say, you are so much farther along than I was or anyone I knew at that time was. <laughs> so, uh, I know, I know that doesn't help much, but it's, it's definitely true. Yeah. No, I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good weekend. It was fun. Had some dinner with, uh, the in-laws spent the day at the safari park here in San Diego with my wife, got some dinner, um, hung out with my family, uh, yesterday or not yesterday on Sunday, uh, which is the first time that really we had all seen each other, like all my siblings together, uh, since COVID actually before COVID. Um, 
And uh, so that was really nice, and that was good. It's another kind of light at the end of the tunnel kind of moment. And um, now we're back. Yeah, awesome. Well, I think we've got a lot of business. So what's stuff it been to like for you? On. I know. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's been new with you? How was how was May for Jet Boost, and uh, how are things going? Uh, yeah, May was May was really good. It was. I would say the last three weeks have been the first time uh, in a long time or maybe ever where things have really started to feel much more calm. Uh, and certainly mm. uh, getting Noah ramped up on the support side and he's been handling the majority of it now since he's been uh, working on that stuff for two months uh, has really helped out a lot as far as uh, freeing up my time to work on other things and uh and yeah, provide that sense of calm where it's not just, you know, I, I, I've been able to turn off help scout notifications, so I'm not getting pinged every, you know, however many Whoa. minutes, <laughs> uh, with a new support request. So, um, yeah, I feel like I've been able to take a step back a little bit and, uh, think about things more big picture, long term, and, um, be less in the, the day-to-day weeds, at least for, for the last few weeks. So that's been great. That's awesome, man. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I'm curious how May was compared to, I know April felt really slow. It ended up not being super slow or not as slow as you maybe anticipated, but, uh, I know things were, were calm in May, but also were they, uh, was it, you know, different as far as like number wise than, than April? Uh, yes. May was actually a, a really good month number wise. Uh, yeah, definitely rebounded from April and, uh, actually I'll I'll share kind of a fun milestone that we hit last week, uh, which was, we surpassed a thousand active customers. So, uh, yeah, wow. That was, that's crazy. That was cool. Yeah. It's, uh, awesome, man. Congrats. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, uh, I, I took a little bit of time when I was on vacation and, you know, just to think about things more. And I realized that I've been a little bit too, I'd say like data slash metric focused, uh, and not enough just sort of like remembering the, the mission of jet boost and, and why like I started it. Um, hmm. and you know, hitting, reaching a thousand customers, it's, for me, it's a more interesting milestone than really any like the revenue milestones because it's like, wow, we've, we've helped a thousand people, you know, do something that they either couldn't do before or made it much easier for them to do. Uh, and I don't know, it's just, it's really, I, I'd never expected that would happen. And it's really cool to, uh, feel that way. Hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's the one comma club and it's, um, <laughs> it's four digits and, uh, I hope to be there one day with swipe files with my thousand true fans. And, uh, now you have your thousand true fans, although it's at a, a higher price point. And so it's even, even greater, um, of a milestone, but yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really cool. And, um, yeah, you know, just, it, it's been kind of weird because I sort of had like I would say partial vacation, you know, so I was out of town, um, but I did do some work and then we had sort of the family sickness stuff going on and 
So it may, as far as like productivity felt like it was down, but at the same time, uh, because things are now happening without me, it's, it's pretty amazing that, that <laughs> it's actually like <laughs> things are still moving rather quickly. Um, which, which is great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, two, two other, um, big things that happened were, so when I was on vacation, I started talking to a couple people about hiring them as contractors. And this week we've got two more contractors starting. Uh, dang. <laughs> yeah. Moves. So one that you recommended Graham, uh, really excited to work with him. He's going to help out, uh, converting the video tutorials that we've previously created, uh, into text and screenshots. And we're going to host all that on the, the JetBoost website. So that'll give people mm -hmm. the option if you want to watch a video or if you'd rather uh, just go through the text instructions. Now they'll have that option, which will be cool. And I'm really excited about that. I thought this was going to be, I mean, I, you know, we haven't started it yet, but I thought this would be much harder to find somebody for. And he was like, oh yeah, this is like exactly what we're trying to do uh, with, with the service that mm -hmm. he's starting. And um I was like, okay, well, if you can, if you can go through this video, dice it up and, and come out with, uh, the, the text instructions, that's, that's awesome because that's exactly what I'm looking for. So, uh, I was really yeah, excited that. about that. I know it's serendipitous timing there and, uh, and great that it even exists. And, you know, mm -hmm. even as niche as it is, we were able to, able to find and, you know, get connected. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the other one, um, I've been thinking for a while now, like, you know, I'd say probably every month I'm like, all right, I want to start like JetBoost blog. Uh, but when it comes down to it, like I either don't have the time or interest enough to like really set out and like write articles for the JetBoost blog. Um, so it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. And I was on Twitter and which... <laughs> my my love-hate relationship continues with Twitter, but I... I continue to get insane value from the relationships out of it. Um, everything else, I don't know, but, uh, yeah, so I was on Twitter and I saw, uh, this woman shared an article she wrote for, um, one of like the, you know, like the publications on medium, it, it was like a design publication yeah. there on medium. And she'd written an article about Webflow, Um, and, mm. Then I saw she'd previously written another one as well. And I was like, oh, I, like her writing style is great. She's a phenomenal writer. Uh, she's writing about Webflow. She's has experience, you know, as a Webflow freelancer. And I'm just like, do you want to come write stuff like this for JetBoost? <laughs> uh, and she was saying like she mostly did it for fun and she, she'd be happy to, uh, you know, sign on as like a freelance writer. So that's what we're doing. Wow. Yeah. Dude, that's amazing. I mean... You're just, uh, you're killing the playbooks there on, um, the best way to find a freelance, uh, support person, you know, just like, <laughs> uh, go to the community, figure out who's like really knowledgeable and helpful. Best way to find a freelance writer, go find people who have already been writing about the stuff you like and who you like their writing. And, um, and I mean, that's been super, super quick. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it feels like crazy lucky. And also I realized like, you know, I was looking at some, uh, like content marketing services and I don't want to just like pump out content on the blog. Like I, 
what's great about hiring her is like she's writing about stuff that I think is great for the Webflow community, like how to, uh, you know, charge more for your Webflow client projects or things I wish I would have known when I first started Webflow. And so mm. if I can find people like her who are what I think is producing great content for the Webflow community and I can just pay them to produce more of that, like, sure, I, I would love to do that. You know, it's kind of like with the clonables. Like, I'd love to pay people to just build more useful Webflow templates for other people to use for free. Like, right. It's, it's, we can afford to do that now as JetBoost. And I think it's cool to be able to, uh, you know, help out the community in that way. Mm hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. Really exciting stuff, man. Um, that's huge. Yeah. You really put them together. The, uh, the flexible work, uh, super team here, the, <laughs> the dream team. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed, like you said, the flexible work, um, being able to sign people on for as much or as little work as, as they're free to do. And, um, yeah, I think it's kind of a new way of, of doing things, which is interesting excuse me interesting on both sides so uh yeah it's pretty cool yeah i've been hearing uh derek on the art of product podcast talking about it as well as brian from the bootstrap web podcast talking about it a bit and um there's some like interesting trends in there it's kind of like okay well why is this a thing now and like why is it happening and why is it good and uh it is interesting how i think that more and more it's not even that it's like the best option and it's, it's that the people you want to hire, like those are, those are the terms, like mm -hmm. the, that's the type of work that they're looking for. It's like, if you're sort of like cream of the crop and, or like a practitioner in some way in some sort of industry, you're probably not working full time. You're probably freelancing or you have like a productized service or you have, uh, or you're like doing something and then you're, you know, you're like me, you're sort of like a, you know, uh, what's it called? A gun for hire. Mm -hmm. Um, while you do other stuff on the side, you know? And so, um, so it's increasingly like just the way that you find the right people, not necessarily like, Oh, this is like the best way to work. It's just like, Oh, that's, these are the people I want to hire. And like, these are the terms that they want to be hired on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. I, I 100% agree with that. I think I've, I've seen it too with developers, uh, you know, like, uh, Ben from, uh, product journey comes to mind. Like he's a super talented mm. developer and, uh, I, I just listened to their episode today and now he's going freelancing full time. So, uh, but he's also working on his own product. So it, it's right. That's becoming more and more common, I think. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting one. I think it's, I think it's great too. Cause it's a, it's a nice little kind of bridge and, um, kind of really, you know, optimizes for what people want and lifestyle too. There was some sort of interesting, I think maybe it was on the art of product podcast, art of product podcast again, but there's some sort of survey, like, uh, would you take a 10 or even like 20% pay cut to work four days a week instead of five? And most people would, mm. it was like, like an overwhelming, like 75% of people would or something like that. And, um, just kind of like reinforce the idea that, a lot of people are optimizing for lifestyle and flexibility these days rather than just like the pure, you know, money paycheck or yeah. hourly rate. 
Yeah, and I, I I would assume that COVID probably accelerated that because so many people started working from home and experiencing more of a lifestyle uh, type work situation. That yeah, the if yeah. you can do the four hour or not four hour four day work week or um, <laughs> <laughs> not too four hour work week would be great too. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, I've been seeing it. Uh, with myself a little bit and it's kind of leading maybe to some of my updates, but I think with COVID as well, it's not even like the, I think a lot of people are, are definitely getting exposed to like remote work and, oh, actually there was an article Twitter or trending on Twitter that I saw that was like, uh, the quitting has already ha- started to happen or mm. people are, um, quitting instead of like going back to the office cause they want to stay working remote. Um, but I think maybe it's opened up people's eyes too, to just being like, yeah, I don't really want to like work all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I want to go out and like do stuff and maybe like COVID has kind of exacerbated that because people have just been sort of held down and locked up and quite literally like can't go out and do things. And, and then like, once you have the option to do it, you don't want to, you, you don't want to not be able to do it because of work. You want to like be able to do those things and really, you know, travel or I don't know, pick up hobbies or do things, get outside, um, rather than just going back to work in a different setting. Um, but that's kind of been a theme for me. I, w- I wanted to just kind of get, I'll go through some of my updates, uh, good news and bad news. Um, one of the things, I don't know, I just wanted to like, um, you know, building a public sharing good and bad things. But, uh, I think the like last like week and a half or so, maybe in like two weeks, I'm realizing that I've been feeling pretty like burned out and I'm not exactly sure why. I think a lot of it has to do with like, sleep habits and maybe just like some of the things that I've been doing, um, maybe feeling some of the, I think a lot of it's been like feeling the monotony of COVID and lockdown and not being able to like go out and do things. Um, but man, it's been a struggle the last like two weeks. Um, still getting like a decent amount of things done, but it doesn't feel as fun and definitely like, I don't have as much like energy. Like I'll feel myself starting to slow down and like, one o'clock instead of, you know, four o'clock or, you know, some days, I don't know. It was like last Tuesday, Monday and Tuesday. I was just like, Oh man, I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. The Friday before that. In fact, I, I think I tweeted, I fell asleep at like one or two in the afternoon and I was just like out for the rest of the day. And, uh, I'm not, that's the, the weird part of it is that like, I'm not working a ton and I'm enjoying what I'm doing but I think it's like this perfect storm of stuff, just like circumstances and habits and stuff. But, um, it's been a struggle a little bit for sure. I think I'm like getting out of it now. Uh, I still feel it a little bit, but, um, yeah, for whatever reason, I was just like super burned out the last couple of weeks and, uh, trying to rest more and do some healthier habits. Ironically, I've been going back to the gym the last like three weeks, No, <laughs> which I don't know if that's one of those like things I thought maybe that would help, but maybe it's kind of having the, the inverse effect. I don't know. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think the, uh, the monotony is probably, you know, a big factor. Uh, I, I was feeling that a bit at the beginning of May, uh, you know, like you said, struggling to, uh, really be all that motivated and, our, our trip to Chicago, like really helped me a lot. It was, I mean, that was something, mm. you know, we haven't traveled or flown in over a year for the first time in a long time. And, um, 
just being in a totally different environment and uh, it, that trip really helped me a lot. And <clears throat> since I've been back, I've been feeling a lot better. So I, I would imagine that's, uh, you know, that's, that certainly could be it. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I, I've been doing, trying to do a few things, um, like going to work from a coffee shop, uh, which actually ironically I did it on Friday. I think like, Oh, I'm gonna spend the rest of the afternoon there. And like, for whatever reason, I couldn't connect to the internet. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I just like wasted an hour just like waiting for pages to load. And then it being like, like timing That's out the worst. and then like using my hotspot, but then that wouldn't really work very well. And anyways, uh, getting out, we actually, we started playing my wife and I just started getting into pickleball. So we're really excited about that. And uh, I've managed to make it out a few times with some friends and just us two. And, um, yeah, just like getting out more. Yeah. You know? I think that's part of it. It's just like, if it, if you're not like getting out, having fun, being active, not being in the office, then like being, you know, it makes it easier to work once you do those things. Mm -hmm. If you're not doing them, then like you feel crappy in both situations. Like if you're just sitting around watching TV all day, that sucks. And if you're working all day, that also sucks. So it's like this, you know, vicious cycle. Like you have to be out and active in order to be productive in the office. Yeah. After we finish recording, I'm going to try to sell you on getting a co-working space or, or shared office. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've, I've been thinking about it. Like I, I've always struggled to work from home. I mean, I've been working remotely for over five years now. And I'm just, I'm not good at working from home anymore. Like I need to go somewhere, whether it's a coffee shop or, or office space. So if I can sell you on a, a yeah. shared space, then uh, we, should, we should do it. Yeah, let's talk. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you, especially with the kid now. Um, I don't have a, I don't have that excuse, but yeah, definitely somewhere with solid internet that is not my home might be interesting. Yeah. I think the hard part, uh, for me is I don't want to, I, you know, I probably want to do it like once or twice a week. Right. And I don't know. I don't, I don't actually know any of the like deals or subscriptions that you can get. But I'd imagine that like if you're buying less than you pay more or you have to pay like hourly even or day passes or things like that, which probably wouldn't even be that much, but that's been like the, the obstacle in my head. Yeah. The part-time deals that I've seen are not great. Uh, it, it does seem like if that should become more common because that's what people are looking for. Yeah. Uh, so maybe that will change. I really love, I don't know if you've seen what uh, Tyler King's been doing with uh, Less Annoying no. CRM. So uh, so his company, uh, I'm totally going to, uh, I want to say it's like 10 to 20 people. Uh, and they've always been in the office in St. Louis, uh, everyone in person. Mm. And so he's been trying to figure out, okay, like what does that look like in a post-COVID world? How do we reopen the office? What are people, what are, what do our employees want? And if I remember correctly, I believe what they decided on was everyone's in the office two days a week. And I believe they specified hmm. which two days that is to try to get like the maximum number of people, uh, you know, in the office on the, <clears throat> on the same days. And then the other three days are up to everyone else. You can come in if you want, you can stay home if you want. Hmm. Um, and I think in my opinion, that's like a really good model going forward um yeah to get yeah i could definitely see that i i like that yeah 
It's like you get to be social and uh, you still get the flexibility and, you know, reduced commute times, which is cool. Right, right. Yeah, Derek was also talking on the last episode that I heard about uh, wanting to hire a developer in Hmm. Minneapolis and like someone like in person to like whiteboard together and just like work together. And I think Ben, you know, him and uh, they were also talking about that, how they wanted to have like get an office or I think they just signed a lease for an office in like Somerville or something like that um, for him and one of the co-founders, I forget which one. And then like maybe another employee or two that live around the area to go work at. Um, but yeah, it's, it's definitely not like full co-working space and it's definitely not like full office, mm-hmm. but it's like somewhere in, in the middle, you know? Yeah. I wish you could do like a, <laughs> like an office timeshare, like find some, some, someone else who's willing to split and be like, all right, so we, you know, our days are Tuesday, Wednesday, and your days are, you know, Thursday, Friday or whatever, uh, office timeshare. It's not a bad idea. New, new business model. And yeah, in, in my, uh, (laughs) my log of crazy business ideas that I keep and, uh, and noodle on co-working space, like a next gen co-working space is definitely on there just because I feel, yeah, like there's like a need for like some sort of part-time, like flexible, come as you want, I don't know, pay for credits kind of idea or, you know, deals for startups or for companies, even like, you know, big companies who now everyone works from home, but that they still want like a space to go to, but don't necessarily need like a full-time or even like a part-time just kind of like want to come and go as they want. There's gotta be some sort of like, yeah, like I said, like timeshare kind of system where it's like super flexible, kind of, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. that'll exist, I think <laughs> in the future. Yeah. I was always like, I, I wish co-working spaces included or had some sort of attached gym. Like I just want all of that in one like mm. place to go work and then also go to the gym. And at least in San Diego, that doesn't seem to exist. That's also interesting. See, I feel like I, I want co-working space and like a coffee shop in one hmm, definitely like that it's yeah. like joined together gym would also be nice um one because it probably wouldn't be nearly as busy than as any other gym <laughs> but <laughs> two it'd be convenient obviously and you could sort of go in between working sessions or lunch or things like that yeah uh that's an interesting one hmm. so yeah anyways coming out of the burnout a little bit i wouldn't say it was burnt i feel like burnout is such a like big like, yeah. stamp of, I don't know, like, Oh, I'm in burnout right now. I don't really know. It's not that I'm feeling burned out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyways, Twitter growth challenge is going well. Uh, definitely a few of the groups have kind of dropped off or not super active. Some people have like called it quits completely sort of like formally announced their resignation. Um, but some people are just killing it or slaying. Um, uh, yeah, there's a few. I'll probably shout them out next time I mentioned, but a couple of people have hit big milestones like 10,000 followers, including myself. Oh, wow. Uh, a few people have hit 5,000. Um, I think one other person maybe hit 15 uh, that was at maybe like 10 or 12 when they started. Um, but in the last month, I'm looking at my ILO analytics right now and I've gained 1,200 followers, which feels pretty good and is up 231%. So 
That's crazy. There's a good growth rate. <laughs> um, still not like, I mean, if I want to get to 25,000 by the end of July, then uh, that pace is definitely going to need to be picked up a bit. Um, it's intentionally kind of a big, hairy, audacious goal. Um, still realistic, I think, with maybe a few or several viral tweets um, and, you know, some sort of like momentum that I can build up. But that's been part of the struggle the last couple of weeks, feeling burned out, not wanting to create a lot of content and mm-hmm. maybe putting out some more mediocre stuff or just not being as consistent as I need to. But it's been going well nonetheless. And uh, now I have the K, the 10K. So oh, yeah. I feel, it, you know, aesthetically pleasing <laughs> and um, nice to kind of go over the hump there. You're in the and, K Club. Uh, in the K Club. Yep. Although... You know, I was kind of thinking like, oh, once it gets to 10,000, then I'll try to push to be verified. And I don't know if you've been seeing the whole Twitter verification kind of drama, but they're like revamping their whole system. And then they like open it up for applications and then they closed it and then they reopened it. But they have like this super strict criteria. It's like you have to be like famous, a journalist or um, like someone at like a, a official institution, like a you know, university or a government body or, hmm. uh, you know, something like that. And like, that's it. And so there was people who had like, you know, 300,000 followers and like, you would think kind of check at least one of those boxes, you know, screenshot their email of like being rejected. Like, Oh, sorry, we can't verify it this time. <laughs> I was like, okay, well, I guess my shot is definitely over. I'm not going to try to push it for that anytime soon, but, uh, it's all kind of vanity anyways. Um, but kind of next up for me, um, a couple other just kind of random updates. Uh, I'm opening up the courses for enrollment um, this week, which is exciting because hopefully it'll be a nice little flood of revenue and new customers. And it's actually I was I was looking back, and it's pretty crazy. I, I hadn't realized that I passed these milestones, but um, Mental Models Marketing officially has or had even previous to opening up enrollment uh, over 200 customers and students go through. And refactoring growth had over 130. Wow. And um, I didn't realize that it was that many people. I feel like the last time I looked, it was around like, you know, 50 to 60 each. And I was like, wow, triple digits for each one. Um, so that felt pretty good. Just like look back on and maybe more confident about them. Um, in the future, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, like really going more all into the all access p- uh, membership and maybe even making that like a more kind of fundamental part of the membership, uh, like changing up the pricing or testing other kind of pricing stuff. I have a running experiment that's going right now that I can't talk about. Otherwise I would kind of like bias it, <laughs> but, um, more than that, I'm like actively testing. Cause like one of the things is like, I don't really, the swipe files product is still pretty, I don't know. It's a membership site. It's like so ambiguous and like, you know, it's, it's, um, it's untraditional. Right. And so it's hard to really figure out and plan like, what is, what are people really buying into? Um, uh, so anyways, uh, I think that the three kind of pillars I'm leaning into are community, um, the courses and course like material, like workshops and like the master swipe file, the brain kind of curated swipe file, which I've been lagging on. I've just been ready, kind of ready to to push and curate for the last two weeks. I haven't done anything with it. Um, but I'm thinking that will be like the, like a pretty strong kind of a package together. Um, 
so this could be like the last time open enrollment. We'll see. Hmm. Uh, we'll see how it goes, but that's a possibility. Um, but scheduling more interviews and workshops. Uh, I also created a dedicated share page for the Swy Files newsletter, which is pretty cool because if you share five, if, if five people sign up for the newsletter because of you, you get half off your membership. If you get 10 people, it's a full year off. And then 50 people is a lifetime membership. And um, I have had a couple people ask like, hey, how can I like keep track of what I'm doing? And uh, I thought I had a system set up, but I realized that it actually wasn't. It was more like um, in the emails themselves, which I don't send a lot of emails to the newsletter. And so if people just wanted to check, then it wouldn't really kind of work for them. So thanks to Sparkloop and a nifty new feature that I didn't even realize until I looked into it. There's now a share.swyfiles.com. Newsletter subscribers can go in there, enter their email, and they can like check their status on how many referrals they have and what the next referral milestone is. Um, and I also implement, implemented that into the emails themselves also. Brandon Dunn has like this template that he shared that he created and it's just like a masterpiece <laughs> and, and liquid, um, uh, liquid code. And, uh, in the email itself, it's really cool. Um, so that felt good to kind of like ship and get out there. Was that for and, convert um, kit? Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. through, through convert kit. Um, it's really well designed. Actually, I, th I think, uh, it's funny cause I saw the thing that like tipped me over the edge was I saw that James clear had implemented it. I was like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I need to like this, get this in here. That's a big stamp of approval. I know that, you know, it looks good, but also they were talking about how actually how easy it was to implement. And, uh, despite my fat fingers with code and not knowing what I'm doing, I managed to get it in there correctly. So, uh, I'm pretty stoked about that. And then, um, I'm actually really, well, it's kind of bittersweet, but, um, I'm down to one mentoring slash coaching client now. Um, which means that I have a lot more time now. Actually, my Wednesdays aren't just full of meetings anymore. Um, and I'm also kind of, I think I mentioned a few times, but I've been trying to like kind of phase out that part of me and what I'm doing to open up more time and realize that I'm not really much of like the coaching kind of persona. Uh, I think I'm more of like a teaching kind of person rather than coaching. Coaching is very like interpersonal one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. It's for extroverts. I'm not an extrovert. Um, Still really, really enjoy the one uh, client I have now, um, but it's down to one and I'm kind of excited about it because <laughs> it's one step closer to uh, being fully out on my own. And um, it's been a nice kind of like transition out. So those are the, the big things that I managed to remember, probably forgetting other things, but those are the things that I wrote down. Yeah, that's, that's quite a bit. I mean, it's <laughs> like I said, it's been three weeks, so. Right. I know there's a whole bunch of things to, to update on. Yeah. No, I think, I think especially to the, uh, the fact that you're winding down the coaching, uh, I was in the, the, for the first time in a long time, I, I joined the, uh, the weekly earnest founders call, uh, which is just like, if you want to join just some of the other founders talking about how they're doing and you know, if they're struggling with anything and whatever. And, um, one of the founders was saying that she, uh, she had an opportunity to do some part-time freelancing and ultimately decided to turn it down just to focus on her product. That's, you know, still in the early stages. And I think whenever anyone does that, it's, it's super cool. Cause it's like, all right, you're, you're betting on yourself. Like you're, 
you know, mm-hmm. it takes a certain level of confidence and, um, you know, gumption to do that. So, uh, I think, I think that's what you're doing too, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Trying to slowly kind of phase it out. There's that interesting, um, it's funny because I did a Twitter chat with someone, uh, I've done a whole bunch of things like that recently. Um, and I can't remember exactly which one, but Derek joined and then someone in the audience on the Twitter space, uh, was like, Hey, like, when are you planning on like stopping freelancing? <laughs> I was like, Oh, this is fun. Uh, this is a fun dynamic, but I hadn't really thought about it too much. It's kind of, you know, still having fun. That's hilarious. Still sort of need the money. Um, not really in a rush to stop, you know, but that'll happen eventually. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. Just like one of those things in the back of my mind still, it's like, when's the right time to really go all in on swipe files and other things. And yeah, there's, you know, financial security, there's run rates, there's confidence levels. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, but once you, once you do that, make, make that leap, I think it's a really cool kind of step. Yeah. I actually think your contract with like, like the work you're doing for Savvy Cal is also helping market. I mean, definitely your personal brand, but also swipe files. (laughs) I think so. Because I hear it mentioned all the time. Like, uh, I was even listening to startups for the rest of us podcast. Uh, and Rob Wally mentioned, your name and the work you're doing with Savvy Cow. And I was just like, Oh my God, <laughs> like you got mentioned by Rob. Like, that's awesome. Uh, I know so, yeah, it was pretty surreal. Yeah. Yeah. You heard that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's been a, a very unexpected kind of effect, um, which I'm, I'm not really sure why, but a whole bunch of people apparently just have their eyes on Savvy Cal and Derek and me and sort of what we're doing. And uh, I think that definitely has kind of a, a halo effect that passes down into swipe files to a certain degree and, or just me, you know, long-term. Um, so I can definitely feel the benefits of that. Yeah. I think it's because it's, it's doing well and you've been a big part of that. And, you know, and Derek's acknowledged that too on his podcast. So, um, did you also, did you help, uh, and if you didn't know, I feel terrible asking this. (laughs) Did you help, uh, Noah with his potion product hunt launch at all? I swear he mentioned you a little bit. Yeah. 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 He did. Um, we, he had DM me a few times or once or twice, um, asking, you know, for advice saying, Hey, here's what I'm doing. And I think I sent him like my kind of like recap posts on launching swipe files on, uh, on product hunt. And then he had joined swipe files and then we had booked a call together. And so the Wednesday before he launched, we had a, like a 30 minute conversation. I was out walking the dog and we were just kind of like, you know, uh, shooting the breeze a bit. And so I was giving him more tips and ideas, kind of just brainstorming things he can do. Like he did like the, the Twitter space and, uh, he added the link to his bio and he did a couple other things. And I don't think he was actually planning on doing like making a big ruckus at midnight, but you know, doing that cause I told him to. And, um, so I had a small, small hand in, uh, in his product and success, which was really fun to see. That's awesome. I feel like you're, you're like Jimmy Iovine or some sort of famous uh, record executive where you've just got all these <laughs> these hits that you're cranking out on Product Hunt. Uh, oh man, you're you're like the the master behind all these great Product Hunt launches. So, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I don't know if I can take credit for for all of them. 
um, it's like, oh, actually, well, we need to get you on Predaton eventually. And uh, when we do, I'll, I'll take some of the credit for that because you've been resisting it. I know my but, expectations uh, are high now. <laughs> yeah, right. I know. <laughs> you said I would be number one today. <laughs> yeah, you should do that. Yeah, no, it's fine. I actually, I was, so this is kind of related, but I was thinking the other day, I was like, why is marketing so interesting to me? Cause I, I feel like I've kind of like forgotten a little bit of like why, I don't know, just why marketing is interesting and why I liked it. And, you know, again, feeling burned out. I was having kind of those existential kind of thoughts. And I think what I realized was that what I really care about is helping businesses and especially like founders succeed. And the thing that helps them succeed is getting customers, mm -hmm. which requires marketing. And so marketing is like the thing is the tool, the medium for helping founders succeed. And that's really what kind of gets me fired up and, you know, gets my brain going and is why I care about it in the first place. And, uh, and so, you know, seeing people like Noah have success on product hunt and, uh, and Derek and, and you, and like, you know, everyone in my kind of like my, my circle who I've bounced an idea or two past, that's kind of like the, the driving force behind it. Yeah. I think recognizing that will definitely help with some of the burnout feelings and like I said, it's the same thing for me and JetBoost is kind of going back to like, what is the core reason that this thing exists is to help people that are using Webflow and help them do more and, um, and make things easier for them and less about, you know, can we hit this revenue number or this churn rate or, yeah, you know, this yeah. many Twitter, Twitter followers or whatever the numbers are like <laughs> numbers will take care of themselves if, you know, you do everything else right. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think so. It's yeah, to have to be more mission focused. I think that's what it comes down to. It's a good reminder. Yeah. Uh, anything else or shall we move on to our, our question of the week? Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do the listener question. Hey, Corey and Chris, long time listener, first time caller, I guess you could say, uh, I'm Jessica. I had a question mainly more for Corey. Wanted to see, I think you'd mentioned a few times uh, hiring and onboarding a new VA. Uh, this is something that I have been trying to experiment and get right for literally the last two years. And I've struggled mightily. Wanted to kind of learn a little bit more about what your process has been like for finding a really high quality VA and also onboarding them and what you two are working on. Uh, yeah, that is my question. Look forward to you hearing your response. Hopefully. Cheers. So yeah, I heard a VA through squared away, which hires, uh, and works with exclusively military spouses. And it's been almost a month now. I think we officially like onboarded on the eighth or the ninth of May, I want to say, and it's been going pretty well. I think there's definitely like an initial learning curve of, uh, them getting used to, you know, what I'm doing, me like creating all the docs and handing over the logins and like creating the infrastructure and like I created a, a clip, a click up account and, you know, migrated a bunch of things over there. I learned how to use it, just trying to figure it out. Like, okay, what do you, what do they start with? How do I describe it? What are the things that we do? Um, 
it's been going pretty good. I think that there's been a couple of like early wins around, uh, automating some of the podcast scheduling and publishing stuff. Um, clearing through my inbox and like surfacing important conversations or things I need to follow up on just responding for me in general too has been really, really nice. Um, getting more organized and especially in like the follow-up things that are related to a certain project has been really nice because, um, uh, you know, creating automations almost it's like, there's like a couple levels of like, task management and it's like, okay, like what is the thing you need to do? What are the things you need to do for that thing you need to do? And then like, who are the people, uh, involved and like things you need to know in order to get those things done. And, uh, like I know all the things that I need to do, but it's not a great use of my time to do all the things I need to do those things and to just like have and hold and communicate all those, all the context for that as well. And so being able to hand that off to Eliza, who's my VA, has been really nice to just be able to, okay, for any conversation like this, here's how you respond. Here's how you, uh, take it to the next step. Also, you know, once this task is created, also create one, two, three tasks, remind me on this day to do this thing, follow up with this person and just like go through the checklist basically. Cause I don't want to do any of that stuff, but it needs to get done. I don't need to do it. You can do it. Um, so I'll have more to share, probably more specifics later around like tasks and specific things. Right now we're working on scheduling a bunch of new, uh, podcast interviews, scheduling workshops for swipe files. She's been really active in the swipe files community as well, which has been nice. Oh, uh, um, and then my inbox as well. And, uh, and I think we're, we're kind of getting into a groove now where we're using ClickUp, and that's like the home and hub for everything. We've created a whole bunch of different areas and lists and lists of lists and tasks and subtasks. There's like a crazy amount of hierarchy and click up, but, um, uh, it's kind of like the one central place. And then we're using missive for all email collaboration. And those worked out really well because basically, uh, I can just connect, I can connect multiple inboxes and accounts, and then we can create like labels and folders around like when emails hit a specific criteria to search for, and then she can respond as if she was me. And we can also collaborate and like chat within each thread. So I can tell her like, Hey, here's what you can respond without doing that. And click up, we can do it directly like in the inbox. And then she can copy and paste that into a draft. I can review and then say, cool, click send. And then she clicks send as if it were me. It's pretty magical. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, I'd say it's working, but, uh, more specifics and updates later. I'm still very early. Yeah. So if there, if there's, if I'm understanding correctly, if there's a task, say, you know, a uh, scheduled podcast interview, you defined like a process for that. And then within that process, there's some tasks that she handles. And then there may be some tasks that you need to do that she'll still handle like the, uh, task management side of like, you know, where are we at in the process, scheduling that, and then being like, okay, Corey, now I need you to do this. Is that accurate? Yeah, pretty much like for, for podcast scheduling in particular, uh, the first step for me is, um, you know, just basically like pitching, Hey, do you want to come on the podcast? Uh, and that's either done through Twitter DMS, which I do myself, 
or it's done through email and she can do that and send that email out. Um, basically after that, once they say yes, then it's completely off my hands and into Eliza's where then she sends the next email, which is to schedule a time. And then once she confirms that they have scheduled a time, then she asks for some like prep questions. She grabs those questions, puts them into ClickUp for, for me to use uh, later for research and for questions uh, to ask the, the guest. And then, uh, you know, we move them kind of like to like a, a scheduled stage. And then she verifies that they have a mic and uh, headphones and uh, uh, what's that? Other? Oh, and like, you know, that they're basically that like goes through like the questionnaire for when they book and just like confirms that there's nothing else we need to do. Um, and then she does research for the guests. So she grabs their uh, recent, you know, interesting tweets, uh, LinkedIn profile, website, articles they've written, other podcast appearances. That way it's super easy for me to just kind of come in and do the research myself. Um, and then once it's recorded and edited and then ready to go, then she does all the publishing. So she'll, uh, she'll click publish, grab the title, show notes, all that, put it in transistor, publish, go to Webflow, publish that, grab their profile picture, go to social media, publish that as well. And then send them an email and tell them that it's live with a link to the tweet and to the webpage with it. Um, so that's, that's wow. one example. That's, yeah. that's one of the longer kind of SOPs. Uh, but that's I mean, a pretty good example of sort of why I don't want to do all those things. Yeah. I would imagine that frees up a lot of time for you. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice. There was, there was one that actually got rescheduled, but, um, it was like one of those where she handled all the way up to them scheduling and then they had to reschedule. And now we're going to do it like out in July, but I'd already done all the questions for it. And I was like, sweet. I just like saw it in this <laughs> little kind of folder of, you know, um, scheduled and then uh and then i had all the research in front of me created the questions in like 15 minutes and then i was done and normally that would take me like an hour hour and a half that's super cool yeah definitely a win yeah awesome well hopefully that's helpful oh man i think that was a yeah that was helpful for me at least i you know i at some point <laughs> might try to hire a va um yeah. Do you do you mix anything personal in as well, or is it strictly for the business? Um, I haven't because I haven't had a huge need to. Okay. Uh, but I know a lot of the people do, and that's definitely like within the scope okay. of what they're used to doing and trained to do. Yeah, that might be interesting for me. Yeah, I thought the other day I was like, oh. I needed to like make a reservation for a restaurant somewhere or something or find a reservation. I was tempted to be like, Hey Eliza, can you do the X, Y, and Z? But I was like, Oh, I have a limited amount of hours. We have like these other things going on. I'm not going to like waste your time with that right now, mm -hmm. maybe later, but, uh, that can definitely be nice for sure. Cool. Yeah. Alrighty. Well, shall we wrap it here? Yeah. Sounds good. We'll have as many of the show notes and mentions as we can uh, remember down below. Thanks for listening. Subscribe, share it with a friend. Give us a shout out on Twitter. Ask a question as well. We'll have the link to that in the show notes. And we'll see you in the next one.